The following episode was recorded live on YouTube. Check out our website at messagecenter.show for all of our episodes. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 365 Message Center Show, episode 234. And we are talking about how Microsoft is going to remove apps from your access. You won't see them anymore, and you're just going to have to tough it out. It's exactly what's going to happen. Uh, if you haven't gathered, that may have been a slightly clickbaity, um, uh, dramatic the title. title. Yeah, the title of this of this episode is "Dude, Where's My Power Apps?" Yeah. So we'll talk about that in a second. But make sure if you are live or watching this uh, video recording, then make sure you hit the thumbs up in YouTube or LinkedIn. And if you're watching afterwards, or I'm sorry, if you're listening afterwards on the podcast, then definitely give us a like and uh, follow and make sure you share the video or audio, whatever you prefer, share that out to your friends, your coworkers on socials and tag us. We're on socials at 365MCS uh, everywhere. So make sure you tag us and we'd love to see those and amplify your message. So go out there and do it straight away. <laughs> straight away straight away immediately yes. Dan um it is, has been noticeable too over over recent times that the kinds of messages we're getting are bitsy you know some of them mm-hmm. are is it really a feature it should be an expectation as I have on mm-hmm. my board behind me by the way I did add a note there for myself to remember to call you Daniel you just called me Dan here like 30 seconds ago again. Just wanted to kind of did highlight I? that. Oh, my. Yes, you did. Oh, wow. <clears throat> what could, like Anyways. I, so for, for backstory, actually, I have a son called Daniel, which I also call Dan. So, yeah, it's part of So that. your excuses are duly noted. Um, so let's, you know, I think we can jump right into this. I, one thing I did want to mention is that uh, I'm going to be, hopefully, uh, in Las Vegas at the Microsoft 365 collaboration conference next week so if you were there i'd love to meet you and i'm gonna have stickers i'd love to you know i'd love to interview you for the show you know if you if you watch the show and you get value out of it then would love to uh, interview you real quick you know um just to capture that uh and then um i'll also be in seattle for the uh, 365 Educon slash SharePoint Fest is what SP Fest, and so if you're going to be there, that's the I think the first week of April, no May. That's April is coming up, right? May. Um, I'd like to interview you then as well. Uh, so you know, if you're going to be there, please let me know. I'm at Daniel Glenn on Twitter, and would love to you know set that up. So thanks for allowing me to say that, Daryl. That's okay. Um... I'll just put it on your account. Sure. So tell us about uh, tags and how you can restore them. Yes, yes. First message of the the episode, adding a restore option to the manage tags tab. And this is in Microsoft Teams, MC346913. How many of you are using tags within Microsoft Teams? I find them useful. Yeah, good way to to put together a group of people that you want to communicate with within a team. Uh, It also helps to get around that problem we have where we want to communicate with people in a channel, but we can't rely on them 
keeping that channel visible and followed so they're not necessarily going to get a notification. So tags are good. Um, and uh, Daniel, do you use it for like grouping together subject matter experts and people like that? Yeah, I, I use it for um, admins of the team. So, you know, if someone says, hey, I need to invite someone to the team, mm. you know, some, some of the admin stuff, use it for tagging for things like, uh, you could do it for like clients, you could do it for knowledge experts, you could also do it for projects and different types of, of use cases for tags. You don't have to use it specifically for one thing, right? Yeah, yep, exactly. Um, and another side benefit, you can use that same tag to start a chat, private chat conversation. So address some group of people inside the team, address them in a private chat. Uh, there is an option to allow people to create tags within a team. Uh, sometimes you may want to have a bit more control of that, only allow the admin to do it. Um, but yeah, you can you can do this now. As a, I guess a problem with that too is you're increasing the likelihood of a tag being deleted um, unintentionally. And up until now, we haven't had the opportunity or means to restore a tag group. Uh, so this feature, pretty simple, um, but it's allowing uh, you to be able to restore a tag that you may have deleted. There will be a tab for the tag. Notice how I enunciated that so specifically. Um, and you will find your deleted tags in the tab for up to 30 days where you can restore them from. Uh, so that is uh, coming up to standard release. Yeah, I should have showed the, the picture. I guess I could. There we go. We want to we know what this looks like, right, Daniel? We do. Sure. Notice I said Daniel too. I'm, I'm working on it. I'm working on it so hard. Whoa, that's a tiny. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I want to just, yeah, quickly show this, but it's going to be something we have to zoom in on. Tags. Tags assigned to you. All right. So I am assigned to those tags. Other tags, deleted tags. So there's an example down there product leads, and I can restore that tag. I can see the deletion date. So. It might be good actually to see uh, in brackets there how many days left before you cannot restore it because you just have to know that you've got 30 days to restore it. Right. Um, yeah. And then and you have to know and then you have to do math. Yep. I know. that. That's it's a problem. It's going to be a problem for some. Problem for me. For sure. You know, at a, at a glance, I just have to recall that. Uh, but, yeah, that's going to be coming into the... Standard release tenants, early April, so soonish. And for government, uh, it'll be rolling out uh, late April. Um, both will be completed in June-ish. Daniel, tell us about the next Sorry. one. Well, this it's is... a headline, right? Yes, it, well, it doesn't read exactly like our headline, but yes. Oh, oh, oh. Important information about your Microsoft 365 Office app launcher and all apps experience. MC346294. You've got my attention and, now. You said important information. Yes, got it. Well, I was just about to say, I just realized that, you know, those uh, emails you get and those phone calls that say, I have important information about your <laughs> car or warranty. And, you know, all those kind of yep. feels like that. No, no, no. You need to pay attention to this one. 
So it says beginning in April 2022, which we have no idea when in April, but April is only a few days away. Um, they're changing the way that apps show up in the Office App Launcher, all apps, and app search experience. The And they're saying that it would only list relevant apps. Those are three uh, Dynamics 365 apps, Power Apps apps, and Azure Active Directory integrated apps. So they're only going to show relevant. Okay. Well, what's relevant? Well, let's take a look at this. So relevant, Microsoft says, means you've used it in the last seven days. Or you're the user that created it. Or uh, admins of the service have marked it as featured. Okay. Um, so, or user accessible Microsoft published Dynamics 365 apps. So, um, or for Azure AD apps, uh, you've had, you've added it to a collection, an Azure AD collection. And then once you've done that, it'll show. So, uh, what they're saying is if you are not the, if the admin hasn't done something and you haven't um, created it and you haven't accessed it within the last seven days, you're not going to find it. Not only are you not going to find it. So what does it mean by find it? When you go to, in like go to office.com, for instance, it's an easy place to start and you go to the app launcher uh, and you click on it, you see apps, right? And if any apps that your organization has marked as featured will show up at the top. Then you have your office apps. And then below that, you have all your power apps and your other Azure AD apps, all those. All these things, there. Daniel? Yes. So yes. you'll see a bunch of those. Um, and then if you click on the link that says um, all apps, mm -hmm. it opens it up in, in the office.com experience of seeing all the apps. And there's some filtering that can happen at the top with all apps and then you can click through and see all your power apps and etc um so what they're saying is if oh i'm sorry and then also in the search here you're able to you know search for the app and it will find it for you okay now okay this is pre this message this this update after this update if you haven't gone to that app in seven days think of an app that maybe you use once a month let's mm. use that as an example okay there's a power app that you use once a month you didn't create it your your admin has not marked it as featured so when you go to that app launcher you won't see it when you click on all apps and it opens it up and all of a sudden you're not going to see it mm -hmm. there either when right. you go to search for it you're not going to see it there either it's going to be gone. You won't be able to access it, period. Ooh. Uh, otherwise, the only way you're going to be able to do that is if someone gives you the URI, what it's talking about, which is basically okay. the URL to it manually, then you're going to be able to open it. And then for seven days, it'll show up in those experiences. But then it'll drop off again. So if you have a monthly or a process that you work every two weeks, mm. or even if you use it every day, but you go on vacation, well, you're out of luck. It's going to be removed for you because Microsoft thinks it's a bit too cluttered. And really, I think that's what is going on here is that organizations that have hundreds of these things mm. are cluttering up 
the experience. Um, but what Microsoft is not giving us the ability to do is to really mark these as a user to say, I want pin or favorite these apps so that they always show up. Even if I don't access them in seven days, even if I didn't create it, even if it wasn't featured by an admin, mm. they're not providing that ability. All they're doing is removing it and you're not going to be able to get to it unless you have the URL, the URI of it. Do you think this is something that has been um, anticipated or are admins and service desks prepared for this? I see a comment here from Phil. No. Let's it up on screen. I don't know, Phil, maybe have you experienced this earlier than, than everyone else at, at your org? Colleague was so upset that they lost all their apps, disappeared in office. Um, yeah, what, what are orgs going to do to prepare themselves for this? Yeah, it. so for right now, I think this is something Microsoft should walk back. I don't think they should be doing this. I think they should have a feature that says, I can mark my own to say, yes, always show it. Um, it also, I think it always needs to show up in search. That's ridiculous. Um, mm. Search is supposed to have everything. That's it's just ridiculous. I'll, that's the only word I'll use right everything now. Everything you have access to should, should appear in search. Exactly. Um, the, I think that's what needs to happen. Now, for organizations, to, and I also think organizations need to voice this to Microsoft. Go in there in this in this oh, yeah. uh, message in the message center, click the thumbs down and be very respectful, but detailed in why this is a terrible idea. And make sure you check that box that says it's okay to respond to me. Uh, I think everyone needs to do that if you, f if, if you see an issue with this. Um, I also think you should be very vocal um, in on socials. I, if, if you see an issue with this, I think you should be very vocal and op maybe even open up a service ticket um, they're free anyway. Uh, I think you should let them know that you as an organization think this is a terrible idea as it sits. For organizations to prepare for this, um, if Microsoft does not stop this rollout, then I what you need to be very proactive in your communication to your users. They need to shortcut, create browser shortcuts. Yes, we're back to this 1980s uh, technology, 1990s maybe, uh, technology of having shortcuts. They need to just start shortcutting all their apps that they use because, again, they go on vacation, they've lost all their apps mm. unless they're featured. Now, some might say, well, we'll just go in and feature all the apps. Well, wow. then you're right back into the same situation before where you've got 500, 1,000, 5,000, whatever apps that you have all listed. They'll be up the top um, here? So not sure that, well, yeah, I'm, I'm sure there'll be some running out of room. Well, mm. in the apps launcher, you know, having those. So it, it will create its own issue. I think from a service desk pr perspective, you're going to have to just have a, a list of uh, saying, okay, contact the app owner, have them send you a shortcut. Um, yeah. Contact, you know, and and make sure that that's the one way you could get it. Um, another way is uh, having a, the Power Apps admin be able to uh, quickly, you know, point of contact, you know, and yep. say, okay, if you can't contact the owner, maybe they're on vacation, right? Then you need to contact this person and mm. let's get the URL for you. Um, I think it's, like you it's could, a poorly... You could designed your, solution to a problem that Microsoft has. 
prepare your people that have made these power apps so that they know at least maybe yeah. they've got a good idea about who uses the app and then let them know their their audience uh, this is citizen development uh, and this is a scenario where the citizen developer will need to take responsibility for letting people know about a change yeah. in the experience um unfortunately this... i'm sorry there will be... no it's all right i was just going to say there, there will be some um, apps that are so valuable that you won't have a clue who's really using them unless you really yeah. dig in deep. Yeah, and this comment about Phil saying that he wants more control over what appears in the launcher, it's been broken for ages, I agree with you. Um, I think this is one solution that they just didn't really come up with all of the cons <laughs> and think about, well, what, what kind of negative impact will this have? Um, so I think this is bad. So... Um, Anyway, uh, thanks for those throwing in chat saying, you know, yep. what their opinions are. And um, I just I feel like this is something that if everyone I mean, we have mm. hundreds and hundreds of people who watch and listen to this podcast uh, every week. Uh, if every one of you went out and, you know, made a comment on this saying it's bad, if you think it's bad, right, then. Uh, and and being very vocal about this, I think Microsoft would think twice. Now, will they? I don't know, but I think so. It has been known to happen. <laughs> it has been uh, several yeah. times. All yeah. right, so let's move on. We could stay here for hours uh, complaining yeah. about the lack of foresight and here. We but... <laughs> made light of it in, in the title to get your attention, but it is significant and will impact yeah. the power apps and citizen developer community. Uh, but yeah, moving on to another message, um, uh, this time around the messaging extensions. You know those little apps that you can trigger off when you're typing up a chat or a conversation in Teams? This one relates to DocuSign. Create DocuSign requests using that Compose extension or messaging extension. Um, this is MC346255. DocuSign has become uh, quite a, a useful service. I know there are others like it, um, other messaging extensions as well. Uh, and for this one, they're just highlighting that uh, you'll, you'll have more visibility over the process uh, as a, a DocuSign makes its way through um, the signatory process. So you can trigger it off from a message, um, and that is the... Well, we don't have any screenshots there. You can trigger it off by going to that messaging box and saying, I want to start a request for a DocuSign. You can upload your document and you can use all that from DocuSign. Um, once you've sent that out, you'll, you'll have a adaptive card that will show you the status, um, showing you um, the signing statuses and whether or not it's been declined, signed, etc., whether it's been completed. And uh, yes, yeah, so sort of check track that right through the, the process there. So we do get email notifications as well, but uh, for those of us who might want to do it a bit more rapidly, spend a bit more time in Teams, um, then you're going to see this as a, as a chat experience from the messaging compose extensions. Uh, so this, um, uh, docus this particular extension is gonna be available for all tenants. It's enabled in all tenants. You don't have to have DocuSign uh, necessarily, and it, it's not that you'll be able to use it to start the DocuSign process if you don't have an account, but rather that you'll have that visibility with, with the um, message and extension. 
and that is expected to roll out early April, completed mid-April. All right. Indeed. Um, moving on to... This, this, this next one is a, is a quick one. Viva Connections Multilingual Dashboard, MC345827. You'll be able to, you know, Viva Connections has a nice dashboard that you can create with, with buttons. That's what I call them, buttons that allows you quick access to apps and links and other pages. And you will now be able to, uh, late March, which is now-ish, uh, and expect the rollout to be completed by early May, which is a good amount of time, over a month here. But uh, you'll be able to create dashboards in multiple languages. So users will be able to see in their preferred language uh, your dashboard, which is great if you're creating a multilingual intranet, you're using that dashboard as a place to give people access to quickly access to common used functionality, then having that in their native language would be great, you know, along with the other uh, native language information that's on the page. So um, that will be, like I said, rolling out uh, here soon, starting to. Um, so be looking out for that in your tenant good, quick one good and uh, you can you can have a maybe you can have they have a new zealand uh english language so you'll be able new to zealand, they do have new zealand english and australian english See, there we go so maybe you would be able to understand um, daryl's daryl's uh, dashboard <laughs> surprisingly it's it's all in line with the uk english and then there's us english which is the english right the, yep. the english <laughs> All right, um, next up, let's get some finishing tips. Off, finishing tips, off tips, with tips. mail tips, which are so good, so good to to have in our Outlook experience, um, prompting you, reminding you about things. And one of my favorites these days has been the, do you really want to send this message outside of uh, working hours? Maybe you want to delay that. Well, this mail tip uh, will recommend addressing accessibility issues before sending an email. Now, that's really considerate. MC345824. Uh, this is going to check how you've formatted your message, uh, what it looks like, even looking at sort of the background and colors of fonts and various things. And it's going to advise you about whether or not this will be um, easy for people to see uh, for those who are having difficulty seeing. Um, so ease of, ease of access. There's some features here, Daniel, which I find quite interesting in this feature. Um, so as it's as it's going to be available, there'll be that mail tip and say that you need to address a few issues. Um, but you can control some of these settings uh, around how this mail tip appears. Uh, and I can imagine some people might fine tune these. Um, right. But what I find interesting in one of these here is, um, so it shows accessibility warnings while I work. So I'm typing that message. I might get that prompt while I'm typing up the message. That could be useful while you're in the flow of writing this message. Maybe you'll just park that and come back to and address the accessibility issues as you, at the end of writing that message. Um, you can the warnings when, and this one's interesting, at, when at least one recipient prefers accessible content. So that's, think about that. It means that somehow if I um, want to prefer accessible content, I have um, difficulty seeing, I've got um, some impairments, then I can signal within Office that um, I prefer that accessible content. I don't think it's a, 
necessarily a tag or a tick box, is it? It, it may be just because you have set your um, themes or things to high visibility or high contrast, you know, all those sorts of settings, that that would signal back to someone who's sending you a message that you should uh, tweak it and make it more accessible. What do you think about that? Yeah, and I, th I think that that's right. Although there, I'm wondering if there is an option, um, if somewhere there is an option. I I haven't gone and looked, but um, it'll it'll be buried in the depth of uh, the uh, email options. Um, yes, it would which be. I always find it's sort of spread somewhere there. Some of these other ones, yeah. composing a a message to a large audience. Um, yeah, and that one, owners. so the, the previous mm -hmm. one, though, would be for internal people. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, so if you're sending an email that's internal um, and someone has, and they've determined that that person wants uh, the content to be accessible, and then if you're composing to a large audience, they may, it's kind of like that. Well, this is a large audience, so the likelihood that someone in this audience is going to have an impairment is greater, so therefore mm. you might want to, um, to to turn this, you know, and make some changes. It uses, or it looks to see if you're using dark background as you're composing mm. the message, and so the default there is it'll turn your text white, which is, I quite like that theme. Um, mm -hmm. But if you darken that font, uh, make it a different shade of gray or something, um, then that's going to start affecting the text contrast, so yep. you get a, a warning around that. But I, I do like, I mean, if when this feature arrives, I'm going to leave it on as default because it helps. Mm. It gives me these nudges. This is why I like these mail tips. They nudge me and say, have you thought about this? Um, you know, I'll get through writing my message because I'm in my flow, but then I'll look back and go, okay, yeah, good point. I won't send that message now. I will try and adjust a few things to make it more accessible. Uh, so this is rolling out. Uh, da, 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 da. Expect to roll it to semi-annual, haven't seen anything like this for a while, semi-annual channel to begin mid-July and completed late July. So that's back to whatever uh, cadence you are receiving your updates, monthly, mm -hmm. semi-annual. Your office um, updates. Office, yep, office updates. updates. Yep. Correct. Yeah, thank you. Yep. Um, but that is that is it for our list. Uh, yes. And quite a, quite a varied list of messages it was. Do see um, some ongoing conversation about our um, headline really there too during yeah. the. That's um, all yep. good fair points. So just make sure that again, um, make comments on this video or on this audio podcast. Make sure you are following us on socials, but uh, give give information back to Microsoft if any of these messages, including mm. our headline affect you negatively or positively give that feedback to microsoft uh, every one of your uh, messages is read by them and uh, you could have an impact and again would love for you to share our episode out so that others know what's going on within microsoft 365 and make sure you tag us at 365 mcs so we can amplify your message great well thanks again we'll see you again next week uh, bye for now. Bye-bye.